Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me down in the chat room moderating the chat is Quarantine Ghost, and we also have a guest co-host tonight, Victoria Monday, stepping in for the, uh, well, now that Vanessa Hogel is no longer uh, my co-host, she stepped away a couple of weeks ago to uh, carry on with some other ventures. So, Victoria, welcome. Happy to have you on tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And our guest tonight is the paranormal MD, Mary Marshall, a intuitive medium and many other things. I and mean, you just go down your resume, Mary, and you know, you have an interest in the paranormal mediumship, cryptozoology, ufology, just you're across the board. And so I'm really interested in picking your brain this evening and welcome. Well, thank you for having me on here. I'm excited because this is my first time. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I have to ask you, since you have this, um, you know, really expansive knowledge and you're in so many different areas, you know, how did you, you know, kind of like what we ask everybody, I mean, really, how did you get started? But I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say because your interest is so vast and varied. Um, I think I started when I very first started, I was going out, out like on my own with just people you know. <clears throat> it was kind of seeing what things were about. Um, really, what initially, like very first time before I got into it, that drew me into wanting to join a team and to go on these investigations was what people didn't know is wanting to test out my mediumship. Ah, and I okay. kept that all secret. One person busted me from the outside in, and I say that because they kind of had been apparently following, kind of observing me. And finally at one of these hot spots, but in there, he kind of stands back and he's like, what? What, like, what do you get? I'm like, <laughs> what are you, like, what are you, what are you talking about, <laughs> you know? But after that, it got into really just the fascination with the phenomena and helping people. Um, I have been saying recently that it sort of changed because at a certain point it went from where you're going into people's homes and really kind of helping them out, you know, with fears or problems that were going on to more of um, the locations coming about the pay and play locations. You know, nobody wanted to be haunted when it first started and then people realized, oh, we can raise money and save buildings. And thank God for the paranormal community yeah. and the amount of historical preservation, really. Um, but it got to be, we got away, for me, a lot of people got away from that really helping people thing. So I started to look more into the sciences because that was really fascinating. I can get a thousand more EVPs, I can get something moving, but what does it mean? How is this happening? So I started actually studying in uh, different fields to learn, according to the sciences, what we know, how can I apply this to the paranormal phenomena? And then just saw a lot of things that were, maybe could have been better. And that started to formation of classes and things where they're teaching controls, real investigative techniques, um, those types of things. And interestingly, though, I've been saying is that as we have journeyed through all this, um, going back to where I've been openly and actively helping people with the intuitive mediumship now, is it kind of almost brought me back to the beginning, 20 years ago, of when I started and you were helping people, you know, in a different way. And yeah, I'm it's doing in a different that. vein, right. Right, but it's that kind of, and I just, something I've realized about myself, I am just a person of service. I want to be of service, do something useful, something good to help other people. And what I get out of it, that's what makes me happy. So, and I'm, I've turned into a science geek along the way. <laughs> <laughs> you do incorporate a lot of science into your research and you know I've seen some of your presentations and they're absolutely wonderful and, and you have uh, you know developed these various classes so how does this um, you know, scientific research and even the mediaship how do these play into the different classes what are you covering 
Um, a lot of the things that I'm covering have to do with, may, will apply to the phenomena or types of ghosts. Um, if you're looking at quantum physics, it can range from anything from looking at what are these subatomic particles, what are their abilities, some pass through certain materials, some don't. So could this theoretical anon that is out there right now, just like they were used to be looking for the Higgs boson, um, and they found that, is, is could that help us explain what are ghosts made out of? Because we yeah. still, other than energy, that's our only answer. So I look at that. Then that crossed over into looking at multiple dimensions and wormholes and um, gravitational field distortion theories. Um, I'm kind of a connect the dots person. So I see things and I look at, and it, it could be as simple as I could be watching something on television even, and it could be completely unrelated, but something will stick out to me. And then that pulls me into some of the research. Um, along the way, I kind of segued into getting involved in cryptozoology, Bigfoot research in particular, because of just access to that, and um, ufology, and it's been invaluable. And that's when I started coming back, you know, again, to some of these events and stuff, talking and saying, we really need to all start having a conversation here. Because some of this phenomena, the first of all, the number one thing that all these fields have in common is now you see it, now you don't phenomena. Uh, you've got the Bigfoot footers talking about light, lightning, and light anomalies rather, and mm -hmm. yet we have the ghost side of it looking at light anomalies. Um, it seems yet, to all be connected to me, and that's something I've been exploring is yep. you know how these different things are connected. So where are you are you seeing these connections all over the board? Yeah, I actually am. I mean, one of the things is is that. If you look out, and I had originally gotten involved in doing Bigfoot research with a friend of mine, and I was your atypical role, roll the eyes when he wasn't looking, you know, like, okay, Bigfoot, you know. I've, I've and, seen video of you out in the snow looking for Bigfoot. Yeah. So now, but now I got to a point where somebody finally asked and said, here's the thing. One of the most logical things we have out there is math and science, statistics, probabilities, numbers. They don't lie. There are too many reports and there are too many people reporting experiencing something. They're referring to it as Bigfoot. But the bottom line is they can't be, all be crazy. They all can't be misidentifications. Even probability states, certain portion of them have to be spot on. So what is it that they're experiencing? We don't know. Bigfoot does have, I think some of the phenomena quite honestly, that people are attributing to Bigfoot are really shadow people. And mm. they may be other types of phenomena that are going on out there. You're, you're getting crossovers. You also have the experience of usually where areas are considered Bigfoot hotbeds, hotbeds for light anomalies and, you, and seeing UFOs. So are these areas, again, you start looking, I do, and I've looked at the geological makeup. Is there something in that that is making this area um, more conducive for various types of phenomena to occur? So yeah, it's just, it's, it's uh, fascinating. To you, me. Something, you said something that was really interesting to me. So I, I've heard the connections that people have made between Bigfoot and UFOs, but Bigfoot and shadow people, where's the, where's the connection there? Well, because when, well, and here's the thing, because some of this is actually going to, when I get to the end of this, is going to cross into parapsychology. Okay. And yes. talking about it in, <laughs> in a psycho, yeah, you know, it, 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 is it a mind over matter, some of these things? What is our put input into it all? Yeah. But um, you do have, people tend to go out looking for what they're looking for. They're out there looking for Bigfoot or for dogmen or something like that. So when something, they experience something, a boxy, Bigfoot size, darkish figure darting from tree to tree very quickly, but they are not seeing hair or any of your other atypical 
uh, descriptions, it's likely that it's not one type of phenomena that they're experiencing. They may, that could be like a shadow person. Mm -hmm. um, I had a friend who was out there for two years looking for, or whatever, you know, I don't want to say hunting or looking for Bigfoot, never taking audio every single time and never bothered to listen for EVPs that floored oh, wow. me <laughs> because they're not out there looking for ghost activity. So mm -hmm. I've always taken the approaches approach is I go out there and I'm looking for, you know, out of the norm, you know, the old Sesame street. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> you know? nice. So you basically go look for everything. I mean, it's like a grocery shopping list almost. I mean, it could be anything. It is. And you do have strange things that happen. I had an experience recently and I could not figure it out. And I think it was synethesia, I'll get it out. I'm still <laughs> saying, I have a problem saying it. Um, and what it was, was an energy that was coming in that I could not identify on a, on a conscious level or at a subconscious, you know, intuitive level. Mm -hmm. And my body translate, and this was daytime, so and snow and everything, into ultraviolet lights. I mean, it got to a point, and it was like this hue, and I could see the trees behind it, and it would happen in this area that does tend to have, I will say, occasionally, um, EMF spikes that it shouldn't have. It's in the middle of the Kettle Moraine, you know, 55,000 mm -hmm. acres. So... It was questioning to me because the person I was with also has, um, auto, it's like an auto sensory something or other, a I a S ASRM. And so they said to me at one point, do you hear that? I'm like, what? They were hearing a buzz. So this was just a strange energy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I even at one point though did question because it was so unusual. I've never had that happen before where I said, you know, am I having a stroke or something? And I'm sitting here like, oh, so, you know, something else is really neurologically going on right now. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. And so where that point in that story was, is it could really be anything occurring. Right. Because the shadow, like shadow people, and Mike, we've had, the, you know, a private conversation over some of these topics. Right. But what are shadow people? Are they you that we we vote we kind of thought we kept them to the ghost paranormal side of things where i really started thinking i don't know as i was getting more into the ufology and learning more about um the possibilities that we humans have in our experimentation things that are currently going on that might be in baby stages but we have the capability. So it starts bringing me into things of the past and the future, making the present, um, you know, and those types of things. The, yeah, the, uh, the future influencing the past. And there's a lot of interesting, that's, you start getting a time travel there, but taking a step back, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, Judy Wilson does ask in the chat room what you think a shadow person is. And personally, I think... There are different variations of shadow people. Um, one being interdimensional beings. I think there are they are other things as well. But what is it, Mary, that you think shadow people are? I, I absolutely agree. I don't think it's one thing. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm going to say that about most of the things that we look at. I think it's it's a dis we do ourselves a disservice when we look at this type of phenomenon and say this is what it is. Well, it could be this, this, mm -hmm. and that. Um, I think that it could be interdimensional. I think that it is entirely possible at times that it could be a human entity without enough energy to manifest right. into a full-bodied apparition. Um, I do also think that it could be um, uh, at times, very rarely, but it certainly could be something demonic. Um, but more times, it, it could be us. That's another thing where we know from Einstein, we physically cannot go past back in time, 
but is there some type of bending of time and space gravitationally that we have learned in the future and it's like a one-sided mirror are they watchers or is it an in an et of sorts or is it us even in the future so it's multiple things that i think that a shadow person could be now we have um where i live here um shadow people and they're always in a certain place and you can almost you know set your watch by it um would that still be interdimensional if they're always there you know they're there you could see they're there that, but they're always there you know well here's the thing are they inner if they're interacting because i sort of feel the same thing about residual ghosts mm -hmm. the ones that are not intelligent in that sometimes some of those cases can be and i don't want to say necessarily trapped energy but uh, residual energy left behind but i think there are cases that it could also be um interdimensional in that all time and space is occurring at once mm -hmm. and i always use the racetrack analogy you know the gates open it's the beginning of time each lane is a is a dimension each dimension is a year all running together and if you pay attention those horses don't always stay in the same lane right. they kind of cross over and bump and i think that that can happen with events in time somebody could easily this moment this this everything that makes the energy of this moment could play out somewhere else but they're only seeing 10 seconds of it right you know i said they see the woman come down the stairs go to the stove with a pot and turn and walk away and she fades and this happens whether you're there or not and this just came up i had forgotten about this movie kind there's a movie called the others yes oh yeah <laughs> and that's kind of a good you know way to say mm -hmm. that who's the ghost right right you know and so that's where you get in again to time and space bringing into into so it, it to me it sort of depends if the shadow people are being interactive i think that mm -hmm. kind of helps you distinguish which category this shadow person may fall into there was one who was very interactive with us he would always um, hang around us um he actually one time thumped me on the head when I was about to walk into a spider web because I <laughs> ducked. And then when I raised up, there was this big spider web. So it was a very protective energy. But the other ones you don't want to mess with uh, because you could feel the negativity coming off of them. And I see now and I've had cases where I've had shadow people where it's literally nothing but seeing shadow people. No EVP, no interactions. They're just seeing these shadow people. And so, again, it's all, we're all just describing it under one category or mm -hmm. one name, but I think you're dealing with different types right. of entities. It's yeah. interesting, whatever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think we as humans like to categorize things and compartmentalize uh, you know, different subjects. And with shadow people, rather than breaking that out, we've kind of lumped them all into one specific thing. And I think that does uh, these entities a disservice. And I find it interesting you mentioned uh, the others and you know, how, you know, basically, you know, they were they were the ghosts, you know, and yeah. it could be in some of these cases, we're the ghosts or when uh, these entities that we interact with are seeing us as, you know, I mean, maybe they're seeing us as shadow people, maybe they're seeing us as ghosts or whatever, but if if that's the case and we're seeing, let's say, somebody from the Victorian era and they're looking at us as if they just saw a ghost, to me that means they are actually getting a glimpse of the future as we're getting a glimpse of the past. So wouldn't that... I guess in your research, do you see some sort of almost like time doesn't exist, that everything's happening concurrently? Is, is that yeah. what you're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anyone in science supports that there, there are always going to be uh, contradicting theories because that's why it's called theoretical science. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know? um, but I mean, it's based on a, on a lot of law and fact that they do know. So yeah i think um yeah i guess the bottom line is 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 for sure but i just i agree with that okay 
Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hang up. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We'll about give that. you a moment. That's okay. <laughs> so I uh, just want to let you know that there was a comment uh, early on from Spirit Recon who says, Mary has been a huge asset to my paranormal learning. So. Um, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> ah, okay. Fred, right? <laughs> He's a sweetheart. You know, I'm going to I'm going to tell the story because it is that <clears throat> kicking and screaming all the way, I might say, and I'm just giving him a hard time here. We were kind of put together last minute and I was a medium at uh, for World's Earth's ghost hunt thing. And he was like, who are you? <laughs> you know, like we got thrown together and he was just kind of like a little like, you know, you know like, who are who is this crazy lady? Um, from that point forward, uh, landed up really, uh, he's come out to the kettle with me now. And he's, so he's really developed and him and his, uh, partner, they, they, you know, gotten to be good investigators. So. Oh, fantastic. Cool. Sorry. (laughs) Can I ask you about being intuitive? When did you know? I mean, is it something you were born with? Did you know early on? Did you tell people and they said, no, no, you're just making things up or uh, how did that work? Yes. <laughs> okay. Check. There you go. Check next one. No. Um, Number two. Early, early, <laughs> fairly early on. I don't want to say child because I don't really remember that much about my young childhood. Mm-hmm. It's certainly by team. Um, things were happening. I did, was very selective about who I would tell. And then at the time, sometimes we're getting things that were not good. Um, that you didn't want to share with somebody because I was referring to them as daydreams then. Exactly. Yeah. It would kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And it was not something that was accepted in my Catholic upbringing, religion and family at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was just, I just kind of stayed away. It was like this, you know, it kind of fear. Um, I'm being told it's wrong or mm-hmm. people are going to think you're crazy yeah. and you <laughs> button it up. And, right. you know, it's really something that I've always had. I have certainly learned a tremendous amount more going public and be, being working with people. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I imagine at this point, this is something I will continue to learn through the rest right. of my life. It's going to evolve and change. There's going to be these waves of different things that come into it. <clears throat> but yeah, I think that I've always known, but I was uh, afraid Wait, of it. You were like censored, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, censored and, mm-hmm. and then it, afraid. I did a very, very bad experience uh, over 10 years ago now. And it was really a really bad attachment. Oh. And oh. being in the field, I unfortunately let my ego not realizing it was ego at the time, but thinking, I do this, I mm-hmm. do, I can handle this, I know what's going on. And I just got deeper and deeper. It was really actually just dis- destroying uh, systematically um, light my life. I don't know. Everything, you know. So at any rate, um, that caused a tremendous amount of fear because once I got to the other side of that, the last thing you're thinking about is, yeah, I want to open up myself to everything now because it's like, I just need to learn control. I need to, I need to block. I need to, you know, those yeah. things were in. <laughs> and so as I grew personally on those things, um, you know, then I started to kind of dip my toe back in um, and use it on investigations. Mm-hmm. But I had a hard time wanting for a while, the responsibility, um, right? Working with other people, I take it really seriously. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got well. What if? I, what if I'm wrong? Or what if this? And you, yes. <laughs> you know. And then, do really to other people that just happen to be around. Things happen at the right times that got me pushed forward. Um, I had just such touching experiences along the way that it, it and I have to I am I forgive me I'm gabbing away on this but I have to oh, no, no. oh you're fine is really before anybody else where I came out public 
is I had a family member who was going through a really serious surgery and I tend to go into the chapels at -hmm. the hospital. And there was this woman there and she had her back to me and she had her coat on and she was kind of going from statue to statue praying. And at one point I heard the little, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, so I'm in there praying and something's going on with this poor woman. And so she walks down past me and this whole time, and this is how it felt to me. I'm it, cause now I'm in the chapel. I'm like, I like, I'm getting this, like, I need to tell her something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't know who this lady, I'm just not going to walk up to some strange lady and say this, especially cause she's already in a somewhat emotional state apparently. And now because I'm in the chapel, I feel like it's God telling me, you know, and I'm like, I'm going to tell yeah. God, no, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And that was like the first time, I mean, I still tend to never ever do that, mm-hmm. but I did go up to her and I said, you know, I, I need have to t- need to tell you, um, I know that you don't know me, but sometimes God works through other people. And I just need to tell you that it's okay. You're going to make it. Yeah. Well, well, she started sobbing because what the story and how that applied to her is under her coat. She was an orderly at the hospital. She was leaving to go to the airport because her. I'm, I still want to cry over this. Her mother oh. was dying in Poland, and oh, wow. she had been praying, "Please, God, let me make it. Please yeah. let me see." Wow. That. And as you could tell, I'm like, I feel silly, but it still chokes me up. So, you know, and that was the moment I remember thinking, you can't tell me this is wrong. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helping people. I mean, that's the whole point is helping and comforting yeah. and giving and them that, a message. You know? that, and it just started. It was very slow after that, but it continued. And that's really been that development in the last 10 years of giving attention to that. Um, and you know what? We're in a field, though, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that you can talk about these things a little bit more. And I think once I defined myself, and as being kind of known as the science girl, you know, right. more than the other people, I was afraid of that too. Even with the colleges, because you start, you know, a lot of people were on the fence about paranormal phenomena. You mentioned <laughs> medium. Oh, you've just gone way too woo-woo for them, and <laughs> they've jumped off on you know the yeah. fence. They're only willing to take so much, right? Yeah. So I kind of stayed and didn't want to mess with that because I wanted to get word out and get more people on board. And once I felt like, well, maybe, but it was hard. It really was mm-hmm. my. It was hard for me to come out and you know imagine what some of the talk may or may not be. Nobody you know, wants to be, you know, what is she said, medium now too, you know, I have a thing. So. Uh, We're at the uh, bottom of the hour here, so I just want to throw out here real quick that the uh, podcast version of this show, we're running live on YouTube, but the podcast version will be running on kgraradio.com. Appreciate that. You can also check out Mary's website, uh, which is linked down in the description below of the YouTube channel, but is uh, paranormalmd.com. I have that right, don't I, Mary? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's like I'm not looking at it. I'm going from memory. It's I know you're trying to do it. You're like, okay, I think I know what it yeah, is. I think I know what it is. And the wheels are turning here. Okay, I got it. <laughs> great. So um, I have a lot of other great questions here. So um, there was a uh, interesting one here from Betty Lange, uh, grand old folks. She asked, can a future you come back as a shadow person? So it's kind of going back to mm-hmm. the shadow people again. I I think potentially it's it's possible, but I don't think it's likely. Because I think the, the time frame of where we would need to be in that moment, like if we wanted to be able to, to do that and go back and be that watcher, that shadow person, we would have to have the technology and the ability to be able to really, really uh, mess around in extreme ways with which we can to some degree electromagnetic fields and observational type gravitational lensing and things so it is I think it's possible is it likely no okay interesting 
That was an interesting question. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is kind of into this other one here from Spooky. Does the ghost haunt us or do we haunt the ghost? <laughs> It depends if they're a jerk or not. They may regret it. <laughs> we'll haunt them back. Just remember, someday, buddy. Yeah, I just find it interesting you. that we're starting to think a little more outside the box and take different perspectives I of, agree. of I this activity. Yeah. yeah, I love the questions because it's not like you're, you're typical on there. Um, so, all right, <laughs> here's the thing. What was now? Tell me exactly what was this question because I'm going to try to get a really nutshell answer. Okay, yeah. Does does the ghost haunt us or do we haunt the ghosts? Um, It could be both, but from our, it's all a matter of perception, Mm -hmm. perspective, and perceptions. Yep, your reality is your perception. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, is there anything that actually scares you? Paranormal, I guess. Zombie. <laughs> the one thing that's not real that scares the hell out of me. I, I don't know. I, I've dated a few, I think, but um, never mind. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's the most ridiculous thing. I have an irrational fear of zombies. I have really do. Oh. I really do. Oh, okay. I thought you were joking. <laughs> I do not watch The Walking Dead. Mm-mm. I had to watch World War Z in the day in p- p- parts because I couldn't Oh, wow. <laughs> this, it's just the most ridiculous thing. You could, I could probably have a demon come up to me. I would be okay. You put a zombie in front of me. Forget I'm, it. I'm hauling butt the other direction. They don't run very fast. So you can just, you know, get out. You know? but they, in World War Z, that's what freaked me out. They oh, did move that fast. was, oh, thank God Brad Pitt was in there. I I had friends who were like, oh, I thought this was so cute, you know, and they're like, oh, we'll do one of those Mm -hmm. hay rides and you go to the forest preserve and people dressed up like zombies. I'm like, do you want to kill me? I I will have a heart attack and die. (laughs) And it really comes back down to the night of the, or actually dawn of the dead, but Mm -hmm. that night of the dead, that series and having nightmares for years and years and years with mm-hmm. zombies that it's my it's the fear you've created in your own head your fear perception is your reality yeah <laughs> having those dreams so the the one thing that i am afraid of is the one thing that's not real go figure <laughs> that's good that's good so nothing then <laughs> although something that victoria threw out there real quick is just i think it was just kind of off the cuff but uh saying that you dated a couple of zombies um this <laughs> the, college was fun i'm a, <laughs> i'm actually going to get a serious question out of this okay <laughs> but um yes they did so, play football so. okay well there you go so there's an idea out there of um of there being filler people in this world. Like if we're in a simulated universe that some of the people that we interact with, maybe some of the people we see at Walmart are what we would call filler people and they're just occupying space for our experience in this reality. Um, Do you have an opinion on theories like that? I'm really trying not to, and I want to answer this not seriously. I was trying to contain myself. I was like, well, I actually. I know you can have a lot of fun with the question. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I have a lot of filler people out there these days. Right. Um, (laughs) I don't don't think that I've actually, to be honest, I don't think I've given it thought. So I don't really have an opinion on that particular thing. So would filler people be like walk-in people? Have you heard of those? Like people who are really despondent and they don't want to go on and they're you know, thinking about suicide and there's a soul out here going, hey, I'll jump in there. And they just jump in and take over that person's are they, body. Or are they soulless? Are filler people soulless? Interesting if question. Yeah, yeah. You know, because if they're really in that sense of being a filler, they're, they're you know, they're not uh, the main the main cast. They're just mm-hmm. in the back and that they're just kind of needing, like you said, the zombie thing walking around. Maybe they don't have their soulless or something. Yeah. Or their so functions. could some other entity jump into them then, into that shell? Huh? Maybe. And 
maybe that could be even some of your things when you get into like skinwalkers and things like that over the years. Um, are the is that more the reality where they're jumping entities are jumping into different people versus the actual form changing? I don't know. Food for thought. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Zombies, yeah. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Murtaza Arif has an interesting question. Uh, Mary, what is your perspective of magnetic fields in relation to your research in the field? Um, it is a huge part, it really Mm -hmm. is. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, that we're doing here's a here's an interesting thing and it's this is really hard thing to kind of put in a nutshell but one of the things that i was discovering along the way when i was kind of forming this thing with the gravitational field distortion is we have the ability right now they're doing they've, they've done it at cornell university at mit other places around the world where they're doing a form of cloak cloaking not cloaking though in <clears throat> excuse me what we traditionally know um, you know, so you can't, you know, military uses and cloaking, so you can't see objects and tanks and things like that. This is time cloaking and essentially a cloaking events in, in time. So again, the observer is not going to see, notice any difference, but it has to do with extreme manipulation of electromagnetic fields. Um, <clears throat> now, here's the weird thing we can only do, or not weird, but we can only do it for like 120th of a nanosecond right now, which is nothing. But the interesting part is we can do it. So that means we have the capability to keep learning on that path and can develop that. So the reason I bring that up is, is that as we develop these um, more knowledge about electromagnetic fields and how they can be manipulated, our abilities to deal with things kind of in a, and and this is a weird way to say it, matrixy Mm -hmm. way of being able to play, go back and change or change or or observe things rather, as well as possibly change them. And I say that because then you have to combine the other uh, theories out there, which they have experimented on by testing is the power of observation forcing an outcome so if everything is in a superposition in all states at once your observation forces an outcome and changes combine it with the fact of what if in the future now we can cloak events in time all of these can are all electromagnetic field related they're all in this, and that's why we really need to get, in some ways, beyond it. Because we say this a lot with ghost entities. We're out there with the EMF meters. Mm-hmm. But how often are we still coming across where you might even get an EVP and some sort of anomaly on your camera at the same time, yet no changes in EMF? Right. That's actually happened to me a couple of times. And it actually, right. Mm -hmm. And it does happen, I want to say, actually more times than not, Mm -hmm. than it does happen. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because we were getting EVPs and there was nothing going on. Like, that's that's not right, you know. Right. So what are we missing? We're missing something here. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where it might be that combination of play of multiverse um, a multiple dimension type of thing combined with the manipulations and extremes of EMF or something that's changing in there. And again, talking about look, even looking at what we do know and think already are theoretical particles, particle wave duality of ghosts that some paths can get through and how they're going to manifest how we're experiencing them and then combining that. I mean, there's so many aspects. It just, right. it just doesn't yeah, there really every, are. Yeah. Right. Every question, there's 10 more questions we have. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I have one for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
going back to your horse analogy when the gate opens. So all time is going, right? Is mm-hmm. time linear? Does it keep going forever? Or is it like a Mobius strip? Does it flip back? How do you I get think, those echoes? I think, I, I do not think that it's linear because that's, I think the way we look, we tend to look at it mm-hmm. is linear. It's like the ruler, you know, year one, year two, you're just going forward. You can kind of look back, but you can't really see, you know, right. I don't mm-hmm. think so. So I think it is a matter of a infinite loop. So it's like a cosmic eight track tape where it just keeps going back. (laughs) (laughs) So so if more of like the oscillatory uh, universe type of concept. You paused out. More of like the uh, oscillatory type of uh, universe concept where it keeps going round and round. Like Big Bang to Big Crunch and then back to Big Bang. Uh, Yes and no. Meaning because the, the bending, when you look at that funnel type of thing that we're all familiar with, you know, and how that that can wave in and out and change and loop upon itself. So I guess to some degree, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't think that it's it's definitely not linear. And here's the other thing: time is a human perspective, Ooh. right? Yes. It's a human construct, <laughs> right? Yeah, it doesn't really exist per se. So it's our measurement of that that gives it value. Yeah, it, it's what we came up with to explain our perspective of our existence right now. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's elusive. Now, is this something that, you know, I I keep going back and going back in, in my <laughs> research to the ancients because they, they developed all these sites of power and we're tapping into, we we're talking the, uh, the energy fields earlier. They seem to be tapping into that energy and using it for something. So uh, it seems to me that we've lost something over time. Should we be, I, I want to keep looking forward, but should we also be looking back at to, as to what they knew and what would, what we've lost over time? Should we be studying there as well? Yes. And I think some of that comes from, especially when you get into the parapsychology and PSI type of things. There's a there's a wealth of information there over you know a hundred and thirty year period in particular, a hundred year period say, and those things do apply to what we're we're experiencing as well. Because and I I say this, uh, and this is my how this may apply. Um, we often here you you rarely come across somebody here in the states who are is saying oh yeah so i saw i was on this case and there were these gnomes or (laughs) you know or there's fairies but it's not as prevalent as ghosts use your a1 or shadow people or even demons but if you go to the uk it's just like you know another day in the you know right it's it's a whole different thing. So, is somebody crazy? Are one of our one of our countries crazy? That we're, or is it our perception? How we are, we both are taking this energy in, sensing this energy, but our own thoughts and perspective is giving it its value of what it may or may not be. Um, and the same thing for like, I mean, poltergeist, poltergeist activity. It's a human agent. We, we accept that as a given now. If we accept the fact that poltergeist is basically a manufactured, man-made ghost that, work, that is caused by the subconscious uh, of a human, well, that same if that if we if we accept that then we have to accept the fact of you have people sitting around are sometimes the evps even being left on an audio recorder have we caused them because we're looking for bob the janitor who died in the boiler <laughs> room you know kind of thing you know and so it's like bob are you with us are you with you know we're all, okay so even the other types of phenomena that we tend to think are occurring outside of ourselves what is our hand in it mind over matter wise and perception wise that is that could be causing it or giving it value to display itself the way it is Ooh, that's deep (laughs) 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 sorry (laughs) you're fine uh we have a couple other questions here from chat that i do want to get to um 
Robert Hanna is wondering what your opinions are on black eyed children. I'm torn on that. You know what? I don't know enough. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I don't know enough about it. Um, I think it is like, and I'm probably gonna get people mad at me because I'm going to say this, like a lot of folklore or ghost lore or alien lore. So I'll just say lore. lore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, you know, there, there's probably some truth in there. Um, you know, with the Native Americans passing stories down and one day goes or this or that. Again, people that were experiencing something, what is it exactly they're experiencing? I'm not sure. And I, and to me, black-eyed children easily could fall into that category. Um, because again, wouldn't it be interesting if you had nice little story somewhere along our history that referenced black-eyed children when they had never really, other than maybe scary stories were talked about. And the fact that we keep thinking about them and talking about them and describing what they do and how they act again. It, are we giving it life? Mm -hmm. Right. It's an uh, interesting thought, and it, you kind of end up jumping into uh, the idea of thought forms and tulpas. So, are we creating these things, creating mm -hmm. what what would be a thought form and putting it out there to the universe, and it comes back to haunt us, literally? Yeah, yeah. I, I and it, it is really trippy, and I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm. When you talk to, and that's the one thing that ha is cool. These are conversations, even 10 years ago, you could not have. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's what I love, though, in that way that we've grown is that we've opened up, you know, and are, are more receptive to taking different ideas in, in and kind of trying to pursue that a little bit. Um, because yeah, before everyone like, what is that garbage you're talking about? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really starting to expand our um, our our thoughts and you know the different ideas that we have about the universe, which is fascinating because it's like a whole new frontier. Yeah, it really it is. I, the, you know what? That's I think the draw on the whole field is that you have so many aspects. You have the science, you have the history, you have even the architecture of some of these buildings. Yeah. Um, the culture, it is such a, there's such some, there's always something new to take in and learn. And I, I think that is exciting to me as well. I like to learn. I like to experience the world around me. So it's, it's just always something to draw me in. And I think others, and I, I, I love that everybody is looking more though, and I will say this, into the science side of things because we have to. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we just keep, to, in my, and this is my little, my little tiny opinion on it, but we, otherwise we, I feel like we're spinning our, like hamsters on a, spinning our wheel. Yeah, we just keep telling the stories over and over. Yeah. You've, you've got to back it with science, like you said. You know, we're, we're doing the same things over and over. Even a lot of times, some of the equipment, it really is the same thing in a new box. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so by expanding the possibilities of what could all be involved in it, um, by getting back to the roots of things, and again, saying the parapsychology and the culture of, of and science of that, and true science, even neurology. And you know, he, you know, I talk about that when I'm at conferences. I was like, what the heck is that about? Well, they've now, I mean, now they're already off the air, but when I started talking about those 10 years ago, there weren't any shows on TV that like brain games. that'll oh, tell you the 101 yeah. <laughs> ways your brain is gonna lie to you. You know, so it's like, are you seeing what you think you're seeing? Right. You know, those types of questions, you, we just, have to be aware just be open-minded and but be aware and just constantly push the envelope trying to find the most reasonable answer because you're not going to find it right <laughs> you know I, I mean ultimately and and so you're always going to be left with 
well, some odd, you know, paranormal stuff. Yeah. And that's your answer. And then we just look a little bit more and a little bit more. There you go. So I have a question here from Tony Wheeler. She says, I'm a Buddhist and believe spirits are another version of life. That we might have been a spirit in a past life or can be one in a future life. What is your take on this? Um, I think if she's asking how does that fit into some of the other uh, more probably their, the Christian traditional view of ghosts and things, um, I think it absolutely fits in because you're getting into, again, what is your part of this as a human con or a consciousness, a living conscious being. And what happens to that consciousness when we pass on and our part in it. Um, I always tell people one of the, for, for a long time, up until again, the last, you know, whatever few years or something, um, how important culture is. It's a, it's a value set upon what a group of people know and do. And so, we act accordingly in our lives. We get up every day, we put our shoes on, we do, you know, we treat people a certain way. Our religious beliefs, um, our, our morals, our values, we act accordingly. So do your entities. So we, when it gets to that consciousness um, that one person might call a soul, another person's just gonna say, you know, higher consciousness. What happens to that? I think it's entirely possible um, and I say this even from a medium standpoint, that you're going to act accordingly. It's entire. So when your body dies, what happens next? You probably have, again, a whole lot more input on it than we think we do as to what you're going to experience or how you may or may not evolve in this energy state. So, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and so I think it can be, you know, so you're not negating one, you know, uh, religious belief over another. I think they, again, there's that, there's, a, it's a carousel. There's a room, everybody, you know. Is, is that carousel like in Logan's Run? That kind of carousel? Or? No, but that's an interesting <laughs> yeah. I remember reading that book. That was a good book a lot of years and years ago. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we've got a couple other questions here I want to get to before we have to uh, sign off. And I kind of missed this one earlier uh, from Judy Wilson. What would you tell a person who is just starting out in this field what they should what they should do first? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I left because again, just little silly jokes go through my head. <laughs> um, pray and run like hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> So I would say if you're just starting out, um, observe, observe and talk, listen. I mean, that's the big thing is, is that listen to all the different people around you that will guide you to places to read and research and look at things. Um, and I think really go into it knowing what you want. There's a lot of different ways you can approach this. You can just go in and say, I just want to experience something and go to, you know, a, 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 a pay, it's a terrible expression, but pay and play uh, haunted locations. You know, if you just want to experience, just start there. Mm -hmm. Let's see, you know, and challenge absolutely 100%. Every person that gets in front of you and says, this is what this is, challenge them. Because either they're going to rise to that challenge or they're not, and you're gonna get some really significant answers either way that are gonna benefit you. Um, and uh, that's how we all grow too. So I think it's just kind of see what the culture is about. Go to the conferences, look, see what, the, what people are doing, go to some of the, public uh, locations and experience. Don't go spend a zillion dollars on all this equipment at first. <laughs> you know, just start out that way and take it from there. And and that is really, a lot, a lot of times it's experience. It's, you know, there's things that, um, I, I'm you know, I've been doing it for 20 years and I still come across things that I have not 
personally had happened before. Oh, sure. You know, so it's a new experience. And you just take that and you add that into your your paranormal arsenal or something. Right? Oh, just yeah. Up in mind. yeah. Yeah, you could be doing, you know, like one, even if it's like one particular location over and over again for, for years, there may just be one day out of the blue, something phenomenal happens that you've never seen there before. So it's... Right. It's really interesting. Yeah. And what can happen? I mean, every once in a while, something happens where you're just like, what? Like it right. just completely floors you and you're, I, you know, and it could send you, but just make sure to do the after research on things too. Yeah. That's to me is really, um, the really important and, and kind of underrated sometimes, you know, absolutely. Just because you don't know, or I don't know, or Victoria doesn't know the answer to something, doesn't mean there isn't one. No, right. just keep digging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, <laughs> from Spooky, if we are haunted as a person in another life, do the spirits come with us to the next life and continue to haunt us? I feel like I have a spirit with me who's been with me for a long time. So it's kind of a, an attachment from life to life to life. Um. Well, I guess you could because like, and to me though, that would be in, in the sense of being like a, a spirit guide often. I think that that's somebody mm. you could do um, that, that that's possibility with. Um, could it be maybe they have a soul contract and they just keep going until they work out the issues? Wait, 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 what kind of contract do we talk about here? They have a hit on you from life to life to life? <laughs> no, your soul contracts. You, know. <laughs> you went, uh, from what I've heard, um, when your soul is originally incarnated, you make a contract with groups of people, and those are your lessons. Like oh, your, like a soul your, group. Yeah, that, that's yeah. your real okay. soulmate. It's not yeah. your smoochy, smoochy guy. It's your soul group. Like they tell you, you choose your parents or you choose right. what lessons you want to learn. So they're yeah. contracts in a sense that supposedly, you know. Yeah, um, like when you meet someone, like today, he's like, I know I've seen you somewhere, but no, <laughs> I, I will tell you, and this is something I've never, ever mentioned before. Um, when one of the most frustrating th things for me um, as I was developing as an intuitive medium was this lack of feeling like I had, I know that they were there, spirit guides, but I'm like, you know, this one saying like, hey, there's me, you know, my spirit guide, Steve. And again, my spirit guide is, and I'm like, how? You know, and then you get to what it's not important. You don't need to know their names, but I want to know. Well, eventually it was, um, I got to one of the people that is my main, one of my main spirit guides. Um, I, I have to say, I, this is somebody that I knew in a past life. Mm -hmm. And I was very kind of surprised by it, but it made total sense. And it's something that you said that you may be getting into at some point, Victoria. Hope it so. was during a, <laughs> a, a past life regression. All uh -huh. of a sudden it all clicked. So again, um, I think that, yeah, you can have people follow you forward. Um, but I don't think necessarily like in a negative, and it has to be a negative mm -hmm. way or anything like that. All right. Well, Mary, we are about, at the end of the show so we need to wrap it up here but it's been a fantastic time having you on uh, where can everybody find you your work your classes all of that great stuff um i will say the classes for until september are on hiatus but they will okay. be coming back um you can look to my website which is the paranormalmd.com there you can find information about the uh, various types of classes as well as if you wanted to, you know, do like a intuitive medium read, you can book that there on a different page as well. Oh, and I have a book too, Continuum. That would be yes. I, I always never, I always never forget to mention. <laughs> that. But yeah, so that's available as well on Amazon. Right. And you're writing a second one too, right? Yeah, well, continuation. Kind of got to stop to it because various reasons. And I will tell you, Mike, <laughs> it's your fault that I've stopped on paranormal entanglement. Why is it my fault? Because you just write too darn good. And I'm like, he's saying it. I'm just going to say the same stuff. <laughs> 
So I say go get Mike's book and then you know how I think. <laughs> so. We should just collaborate. <laughs> no, no, you, you did the work. I, I, I'm, okay, I'm okay directing people to you. So Okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, Mary, I really appreciate having you on the show. We'll def definitely have to have you back because it seems like we were just uh, touching the tip of the iceberg here on so many different levels. So uh, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, it was nice meeting you, Victoria. It's nice to meet you too. I can't wait. I'm going to take your class if I can. If I can squeeze it in there. That would be can. fun. There you, you go. Fun to have. Oh, thank you. You'd be a fun teacher. <laughs> All right, Murray. You have a great night. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.